Good morning, everybody. And thank you so much for joining me today. I have my good friend, Sarah Reagan with me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I've been so excited to have Sarah on the show. I'm not going to lie. Um, I got to give a great shout out to my friend, Terry Fletcher, and uh, let her know that today is the great American Smokeout Day. Now, I remember this um, being kind of a big thing when I was younger, when it first came out, it had a really, really strong campaign. And what it is, for those of you that don't know, it is the day that we torture the smokers. And we say, <laughs> put it down, friends. So I, th I think I shared with everybody, I have like the most amazing husband in the world. I've, I've been so touched by an angel, right? But he smokes. And so I constantly put little pamphlets from the American Lung Association. And like, so today we're going to have a big, a big to do in my house about the great smoke out day. I'll probably make a cake and put a cigarette with a broken cigarette, <laughs> something really passive aggressive, you know, right? I'm like, sure he won't mind at all. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is, is that it's National Homemade Bread Day. And well, I mean, we all know that the room in the house with the big hot box is not my room. So that's <laughs> not going to happen, friends. But um, I would love to see if anybody else has that that spirit, that that ability to bake that nice, beautiful, warm bread. I, I just go to the store and buy it. Mm -hmm. so. That's what Publix is for. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. And they have the best bread. Yes, I've been hooked on their Omega grain bread and you have to get there really early and you have to fight like the senior yeah. citizens. No, my bread, right? Anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm the sourdough. That's my favorite. Ooh, my daughter made that one time and she said it, it takes a long time to prep. Mm -hmm. My sister-in-law makes that's that That's why too. I go to Publix. I don't have the time for that. Right. <laughs> and they do such a great job. I mean, you, you have to support them. And it would yeah. hurt their feelings if I didn't buy it. Right. Right. We have to think of others as well. That's, that's a really yeah. good perspective, Sarah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to borrow that next time someone gives me the eye. I would not want to hurt my friend's feelings at Publix. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here to support the local industry. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So um, I'm so glad that you came on and I am thrilled to be talking about uh, resume building. So as you know, this whole season has been dedicated to introducing my friends in different specialties in our industry here. So we've had... Um, the great Jennifer McNamara, Kimberly Jolivet Williams, Terry Fletcher. I mean, I could go on the list of esteemed people are just incredible. I've been so blessed to have them on. Um, and I love the idea that you're going to close this season out with us and tell us now, how do you make or, or present yourself to capture that new opportunity in whatever specialty caught your fancy this season? Oh, you know, um, when I, what happened was, is that I was an instructor at a school and I noticed that a lot of my students were having a hard time getting even to the interview portion. Mm -hmm. And they would come to me and say, Miss Sarah, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm applying to all these jobs. I just got my CPCA. I'm not even getting phone calls. I don't know what's going on. So I said, well, let me look at your resume and see what you're sending out. And then when I saw what they were sending out, I went, ooh, okay, I might have an idea of what is going on here. And so I started helping them, trying to better present themselves on paper, which for some people, just because something is up here and you're good mm -hmm. at it, 
doesn't mean that it presents well. And I say on paper, but we all know it's online. It's a document online, but you know, I'm over 40, so it's on paper. Right, and right. Um, I was just noticing like, you're so smart and you're so capable and this does not show how smart and capable you are. And so I started working with them, trying to make it so that way it was presenting their, their best selves. And then they started getting results. And I was a little astounded. I said, Oh, I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> and so Then I, I, the, the kind of the word started getting out like, Hey, Sarah can help you with this. And I was an officer for my local chapter. And so then all of a sudden my chapter members started saying, Hey, your student told me you're great at this. Can you look at mine? And I was like, I, I guess so. And then I'd look at theirs and go, Oh, I got to fix that. <laughs> and then they, they would call me back later going, Hey, I got that interview and it went really well. And I got the job and I was so excited. And then once that starts happening more than a couple of times, you start to think to yourself, am I missing out on an opportunity here? not only to help other people, but to also do wonderful things for myself. And so I, I talked with my husband and I said, listen, I'm thinking about opening up this resume business. And he said, well, good. It's about time. He's like, you spend enough time working on these other people. <laughs> I love and, that. Um, you know, he's like, you said, you know, the, the great encourager. Right. And I said, okay. And so I started researching how to open up a business, how to make a business plan Everything that I have learned has actually been from either LinkedIn or Indeed or uh, even Facebook. Sometimes I have gotten some great advice. Of course, you have to weed through some weird things well, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, everyone but, has uh, an opinion, so that, you have to. Kind that's of... just discernment, you know. It, that's a big thing in having to read something and go, okay, is this valuable or is this crap? <laughs> and so, right. uh, you know, I learned how to do that, and I. It was a slow start, which I, I understood, but now I'm so, so blessed by it. I've helped a lot of people. I've gotten some great feedback and I look forward to it every single time when I have a new consult and I get to talk to someone and I've met some great people that have had specialties that I didn't even know about. And <laughs> I learned to research those things too. And so Considering that we are medical coders and billers, research is already the name of the game for us. So mm -hmm. it has been nothing but a blessing and an honor to be able to do that for people, to get their information and to put it on a document that shows them at their very, very best. So that way they can go on with their lives and get that great job and not just a job, but a career right. and something that they love to do that they can mm -hmm. wake up in the mornings and not be like, oh, not again. We were just we talking about like that, that, Sarah, right? weren't we offline? We were, we're so blessed to be in an industry that we absolutely love. And you get to see other people that have that same passion yes. and help them make that passion shine through their resume process. Yes. That's incredible. And, and it's so, sometimes it's a little difficult because I've read some articles online and I've heard this too, is that human resources and hiring managers spend less than 10 seconds reading someone's resume. And you're thinking to yourself, I just put all that work into it and you took 10 seconds. And it's so you really have to grab them instantly from the very start. And that's why I do things the way I do when I'm putting these resumes together. I have found 
a formula that I feel works, at least for us in our field. Wow. Well, my son is not in our field, but I'm definitely going to give him your number. Absolutely. He, he, he has a job, but he's, he doesn't have the passion for the job that he's in. And he's looking to the career. You know, he went to school, he got his degree. He's, but he can't, he's having, he's struggling to present himself. I mean, it was, it was easy. I think maybe back in the day, it might've been a little bit easier because um, the first thing they would do is bring you in for an interview process and, you know, give you the opportunity to sell yourself. Now with the internet, they're looking at those resumes first and, and judging whether or not to even bring you in based on what they're seeing on paper. And so it, it's so important that just what you said, what is that bam that stands out that gives them the impression in those 10 seconds that I got to meet this person. That's, and, and that's exactly it. If your resume looks like everyone else's, what makes you stand out? That's actually why my presentation is called standout resume. Um, you know, I have a really common first name, Sarah. It's not, I mean, how many Sarahs do you know? There's so many of us. And so I thought to myself, I have got to make sure that I am the only Sarah they ever want to meet or see. And <laughs> that's perfect. And, and so I started, I don't want to say I was aggressive, but I was definitely assertive. Like, this is me. You have to get to know me. And there's different ways to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's awesome there. So what is your favorite part when you are going through someone's resume and you're, you're, the wheels are turning and you're thinking about how, what am I going to pick out? How am I going to, what's your favorite part of that process? Actually, my favorite part of the whole process, uh, when I'm doing resumes for people, I have a 30 minute interview with them on uh, Zoom and I get to talk to them. And I, I ask them, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do? What do you not want to do? That's a big one also. And a lot of times they'll tell me, well, I don't know how to do this. And when I ask questions, all of a sudden I will say, yes, you do know how to do that. <laughs> and the shock on their faces where they're like, I can? Yes, you can. You absolutely can. I actually, I just recently did an interview with someone where she told me that she had no idea how to do any outpatient procedures, but she was an emergency room uh, coder. And I said, you do procedures all the time. Do you, <laughs> I said, do you, do you not tell people, you know, help people with taking off cast, putting on cast. Right. And it had never occurred to her that that was a surgical procedure. Gosh. And I said, you absolutely know how to do this. And I said, you are cutting yourself short. And so when I put her resume together, I made sure that all of those were in there and I mean, this was just fairly recent, so I haven't heard back from her yet, but I'm truly hoping that she finds something that she loves. Well, Sarah, that was kind of the idea behind last season on the show where I broke down compliance because I hear from people all the time, oh, no, 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 I, 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 I'm I, not going to be doing anything in compliance. That's administration. That's, I don't, and, and so I have to break it down to them and say, so you have kids, right? Yeah. And you tell them that the house rule is that everyone cleans their room. Yeah, policy. And then you show them how to do it. With my kids, I even put pictures up. Like, this is how you, here's the procedure, right? Then I audited. Nope. 
we're going to have to do some re-education, go back to the pictures. And then sometimes there's disciplinary actions, but it made them better room cleaners. And I said, and that's what compliance is. It's double checking to make sure that you're doing things right, seeking out the education, double checking things, communicating with the people around you in order to make that better. And, and I see that light come on just like you do, yes. where they're like, oh, maybe I do know something about compliance. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. one of the things that I do feel like with medical coding and billing for a lot of people, it's not their first career. It's their mm -hmm. second or sometimes even their third career. And they might be coming from a place where they did not feel valued or mm -hmm. they didn't feel like they made a difference. And they're coming in almost, I would almost say it's almost like PTSD where they're scared to shine. Yeah. And having to, I, I feel like sometimes I spend a lot of time talking to my clients where I spend more time actually telling them how worthy they are yeah. and how valuable they can be and that they're not a waste of space. I've heard that before. I'm just a waste of space. I'm just this. I'm just a waitress. I'm just a front desk person at a hotel. I'm just daycare. And I'm like, no, you are not. You are valuable. Your work is valuable. There is there is value in every single job that is out there. I don't care what it is. Um, you know, fast sometimes retail, right? Everything. But sometimes, Sarah, I think that people find themselves in a position where they are working for a boss rather than working with a leader. Um, and Ooh. those those types of of people, they they have a tendency to break others down. They, they impose their insecurities and it really derails someone when you've been exposed to that. And we've all, I think every one of us could, could share a story of working for a boss mm -hmm. that didn't appreciate you or edify you or, you know, want you to be better and part of the team. And, you know, a long time ago, someone told me that, you must surround yourself with people who know as much as you do or more in order to be successful. And unfortunately you have those, those bosses that they're intimidated by that. And yes. so they're always suppressing and, and they don't realize that sometimes we carry that feeling forward and it might even, like you said, prevent them from going forward because they're just, or they're in that box and they need to find a way to, to get out of that box so they can really shine all of those positive things about them. Right. And that resume, a good, well-written resume is the claw hammer to get out of that box. You know, absolutely. It, it, it's, if you don't have that, it's so difficult to, to get that first job. That first job is the hardest one. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the most difficult one. And I truly do understand why people get frustrated because it's always, you need this much experience. You need this much experience. Right. And to that, I say, you probably have a lot of the transferable skills that you already need, but you're scared because it doesn't look exactly like the experience that they're asking for. Right. And I will tell you uh, with a job that I had, one of my, I think it was like my second or my third coding job. I was still only at about a year and a half of experience with uh coding and they wanted three years three years mm -hmm. of experience i applied anyway 
And when I got the interview, she said, I'm looking at your resume and I see here that you only have one and a half years of experience and we're looking for three. And I looked her dead in the eye and she, I was not rude, I, but I said, ma'am, I've been an officer for two years though. And all the skills that you're asking for, I learned as an officer of the AAPC. And she looked up and said, you're absolutely right. You're hired. And that's literally what it took was me having to step outside of what looks like experience. And right. for that, I say, you know, elections are over for the year. And right. I know that unfortunately there's going to be some chapters that are shutting down this year because they couldn't find anybody to run for office. No, that's so sad. That's sad. It's and such I an amazing myself, resource. I would not have been as far as I have gotten in this field if I had not stepped out of my comfort zone and become an officer from my local chapter. You guys are missing out on an opportunity. I'm so glad I did it. I was terrified. I was terrified. I was a CPCA as an officer. But the skills that I learned for free that people normally spend money on on a college education, right. mm -hmm. I got it for free. But I had to get uncomfortable to do it. Yes. Growth is uncomfortable. Yes. It's scary I, and it's risky, but it's so worth it. That's right. And, and you know, I think one of the, the things people miss out as well is <clears throat> volunteering. Mm -hmm. you, you do get those skills when you volunteer when you join a chapter, when you join any other organizations out there, when you participate. And, and a lot of that is going to be, like you said, coming out of that comfort zone there. But I, I wanted to circle back to that interview you had. And I'm, and I'm always sharing with people, you know, just because it doesn't pair exactly the words that they're saying, um, I, I wish more employers would put or equivalent next to it. I wish for, that you know, for, for potential employees or potential new hires, because that word or equivalent just there in the advertisement would would encourage more people. So I, I want to, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but I want to tell people, hey, think about or equivalent. And how could you prove that you've got the or equivalent? So that three years experience, how are you going to take what you've done either through work, or even like I was explaining at home, you know, I had five kids, management skills, um, check, right? I, I actually have said that before. I'm a mom of three. You better believe I know how to schedule things down to the minute because this one has soccer practice. This one's at football and this one's at horseback riding and they're all on different sides of town. And I don't want to leave any of them outside in a lightning storm here in Florida. So I'm, I'm I, okay, so I have to go here, and then I have to go here, and then, oh, we're just going to stop off at Publix real quick so mom can get her sourdough. And <laughs> I, I, being a mom has been one of the biggest lessons of my life because not only did it teach me things like, I don't know, learning how to talk to people that don't want to listen to me. Right. Uh, right. Okay. Me. Scheduling and personalities and different learning styles. And yeah, just because so I gave birth to them doesn't mean that right. they have my personality. Right. And they, those that do have my personality, sometimes we clash and we yes, have to find but, a way to work together. Yes. And yeah. I always laugh every time I would have an, you know, like a, a, a tip with one of them, I'd be like, oh, he's just like his father. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so I'm like, but I'm now I'm going to talk to you like I talk to your dad and it sometimes it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he and I are friends. Let's see if this is going to work with you and I. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, and, and talk about um, being able to distribute things. You know, if I don't have the time to do this, yeah, I'm going to pass this on to you and you're going to learn a skill. Right. And, uh, you know, training, education. I do it I, at work, but I did it at home first. I, that's one of the things that I hear uh, that concerns me about some of the younger generation is I think they need to embrace the idea of going outside of their comfort skills, even at work. So, for example, um, you know, I might have someone stuff envelopes back in the day when we used to stuff envelopes. Nothing. Yes, I remember those days. There's, the trees are going to be saved. So happy about that. But anyway, saying, hey, stuff envelopes. Um, and where, you know, younger people might think that those are menial tasks, but they really do have a motive behind them. Oh, you know, organization, how to, how to do this process quicker, better, more efficiently, problem solving. And, and I think that, that younger people need to remember that um, there's a value in everything that you do. Absolutely. Right? Exactly. Yeah. No, you're, 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 you're right about that. And I, I actually, that brings me to something that made me laugh where you were talking about that. My son, my older son, um, he was a truck driver. He still is a truck driver and he was delivering uh, a, a load to a, an elderly gentleman and the elderly gentleman handed him a check and said, I need for you to fill this out. And my son was 24 and he had never filled out a check in his entire life. And so he called me, the old lady. It was like, mom, this guy wants me to do this. And I have no idea what I'm doing. And so literally right there on the phone, I had to show him how to fill out a check. And it's just funny things like that, that, you know, we miss out on in, in mm -hmm. a day of such digital things. And sometimes it's okay to go back and learn some old things too. Yes, so absolutely. We, we had a great laugh over the whole check thing. He thought he was like, I didn't even know what it looked like. That's incredible, though. But it's true because debit it's cards a, and credit it's a cards. Whole different world. I mean, it is. Like, I have a, a very limited amount of number of checks, and I'll be honest. The last time I ordered checks was probably two years ago, three years ago. Same. Like we just we have different ways of of doing business now, which I love. I'm not gonna lie. I do love being able to do all my online banking and things like that. But, you know, there is a, there is still a skill that's needed. Um, yes. I, I found it funny that in our most of our classes that we're teaching for AAPC, somewhere embedded in the information is telephone etiquette. It's yes. still part of and not only AAPC, I, I also teach phlebotomy and, and IV insertions um, at a, a local um, college and there's a chapter on telephone etiquette there as well. So there, there is still some old school lessons that are being taught and that are so very important. They are very important. And I do want to remind a lot of people that it's those people who are generally in the position to be hiring. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's very, very common people my age and older that, you know, so just kind of keep that in mind that, Telephone etiquette is still important. We still have to speak to our patients. We still have to speak to our providers. We still have to speak to insurance companies. Um, if we're educating people, that telephone etiquette comes right through when I'm doing a Zoom call. It has the same transferable skills. That's right. And you hit it. 
transferable skills. Mm-hmm. That and that that goes right back to what you were saying. You you probably have areas that fit the the job posting that you don't even realize. Yes. Customer service could equal to telephone etiquette if that's what the role is. If it's an insurance verification specialist, um, telephone etiquette is number one on that list. It absolutely is, especially when you're on hold with an insurance company and you're starting to lose your patience. Yes, I've been, I actually, before I became a coder, I did um, authorizations and referrals for a hospital for 14 years. Whoa. 14 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you want to talk about some, you know, some phone etiquette there. I've got it. And I still have all of the phone numbers for every insurance company. Memorized. They're memorized. You the shield of Florida. Yep. I can recite that in my sleep. <laughs> yep. So can I. So can I. 727-2227. Yep. That's um, right. And I also remember having to call Blue Cross of South Carolina. And here I am from New York. And every time I would speak, their automated system would kick me out because it didn't understand what I was saying. I was like, I'm speaking English, but I wasn't speaking Southern English. So I had to slow down to talk to the automated system before it would let me through. And I thought it was the funniest thing. Somebody recently posted on LinkedIn a a meme or or something like that of, of a man with his eyes bulging going, customer service. And I was like, oh my gosh, that could be me. <laughs> I did that for years. Customer service. Right? Right? And, then you, and then you get that poor person on the other side of the line who just wants to go to lunch. I know. I used to call them the people that haven't had their coffee yet. Just hang up. Just say thank you. Hang up and call back. And someone else who's had their coffee probably can help you today. That's right. That's why yeah. we do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen, um, you know, with developing resumes for people? What are some of the things that you they could do to make it easier for you to make them shine? Okay. One of the things that I have definitely noticed, and again, I'm going to be mostly talking about medical coding and billing because that's yes. what we do. Right. How many people do not even say on their resume that they're a CPC? Really? 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 They're, they're applying for coding jobs? without mentioning that they are certified and they don't, they don't put their certification number on their resume. And so, you know, as well as I do, how easy it is. You just pull up the APC website, type in someone's last name and their number, and you can see how long they've been certified and if they're in good standing. If you don't do that, they're just going to keep going to the next person because why bother? That person's probably not certified. So I'm just going to go on to the next person. I'm so shocked to hear that. I have been shocked to see that. I thought to myself, that seems kind of obvious, but I think people get nervous and they're scared. And a lot of times, here's another one. They come across a fantastic job and they don't have a resume ready. So they make something up in 30 minutes and and it's not good. Even when I'm doing people's resumes for them, I don't do them in an hour. It takes me a couple days uh, because I, I set it up. I walk away and I think about it. Which word should I use? Which which part do I do first? Because they're not always the same. Right. And um, I do have templates that I use, but I switch them around, yeah. to, you know, for each person. And I don't just crank one out in 30 minutes and go, okay, here you go. Bye-bye. No, it takes me a couple of days to think about it. And sometimes 
I'll, I'll have to walk away from it and kind of chew on it for a bit. So if you're, if you're doing it really quickly, it's, it's not good. And one thing that I do also recommend. It's not good. I love that, Sarah. <laughs> I also want to tell people one thing is not to depend on your memory for all the awesome things that you do during the year. I really suggest opening up a document in your laptop and just naming it, you know, saying for mm-hmm. mine is called Sarah's job skills. And every time I do something new or I attend something or I obtain a new certification or I went to a class, I write that down. You know, mm-hmm. I was just at the coding fiesta in Gainesville in October. You better believe that I wrote that down there was a presenter at coding festival or at the coding fiesta. So that way, when I finally do take the time to sit down and work on my resume, I'm not trying to remember what I did all year. Everything I've done is in that document waiting for me with the date. So that way That's I don't have the to best advice, Sarah. That way I don't have to scramble and think yep. because if I'm working on my resume in November, here we are, it's November 17th. And if what if I started training new new uh new employees back in February? It, yeah. Now at this point, it's old hat and I've been doing it for almost a year. And I'm not going to put that on my resume because I forgot that that was a new thing that I took on almost a year ago. I have two questions. One, okay. one thank you, because I, I do that too. And I, but I'm so bad about scheduling time. Um, now you've inspired me. I'm going to put a tickle system in my, my calendar that at the first of every month, I'm going to make sure that I update all of my speaking engagements or the classes that I've attended just so that I can kind of keep an, uh, on top of that. Cause I know when I hit it the once or twice a year, okay. I'm mm-hmm. honest. Um, yeah. It's so hard to go back in time and think about your accomplishments that, that, you know, you, you have done. The second question I have for you is how often should someone update their resume? Well, when I do my presentation, I tell people that you should at least check on it quarterly. Just okay. check on it, look at it and say, huh, do I still work here? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, did, did I take on a new role? Did I get a promotion? If nothing's really changed all that much in three months, just look at it and go, hey, everything looks great and keep going. But if you've had some major changes, then it might be time to sit down, grab that document that I told you that you should have in your laptop and do some updating. And honestly, one of my favorite things to do, pot of coffee, Laptop, Saturday morning, husband still sleeping. Great time to just kind of sit on the sofa, watch some SpongeBob and work on your resume. That's awesome. Um, We do have a question here. Oh, sure. What's your next resume presentation? My next, hold on. Let me look. I know I don't have any in November, which is weird. (laughs) You sound like me. Um, next one, Tampa, Florida on Monday, December 12th. Ooh, that's going to be awesome. Awesome. Yes. I'm going to join that one for sure. Definitely. That is going to be so good. I love going to Tampa. Uh, not too far away from me as it is. I wish it could be in person, but you know, it's not this, this time of year, but I do love doing these in person too. And in fact, when I do them in person, I tell people to bring their laptops with them. So that way I can help them while they're, while I'm doing this because I'm right there to help you. Why not? That's incredible. That's incredible. Thank you, yeah, Sarah. Yeah, it's super fun. 
So you did mention that you use templates. Do you have any other resources that you want to share with our listeners today? I'm going to tell people to not forget their LinkedIn. Don't forget it. It is such an important thing. And I know a lot of times people are like, oh, more social media. I, I don't like social media. And you have to say, sometimes I can understand it. I really can. It can be a time suck. But I, I think you're missing out on opportunities to network with people, mm-hmm. to learn about things that you normally wouldn't ever learn about. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things to follow on LinkedIn is um, the OIG. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh boy, when I learned about fraud, waste, and abuse and the things that people are doing, and I'm like, I mean, it's fascinating to read on these articles. And plus just to talk to people yeah, um, and, and network. And especially since now almost all of us are working remotely and we're not in offices meeting anymore. Mm-hmm. Without that, it is so easy to basically just kind of get sucked into your own little world. Drift away. You know, for some people, that's not a bad thing, but (laughs) if you're looking for growth, it's not. not. Yeah. Well, Sarah, uh, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our time. What? I know. Isn't that incredible? Wow. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I'm having you back next season. I'm already going to claim that. So it's going to happen. And, um, I, I want to let everyone know this is the wrap up for the season. We're coming back in January. So okay. mark your calendars that we will be back every other Thursday, starting in January. Um, and in the meantime, if you need anything, have any questions and you want to reach out to either myself or to Sarah, here's Sarah's information. She is the caffeinated career creations. I love that. Um, as I as exactly, I sit here with my Mickey Mouse. Amen, Mouth, sister. Amen. Right? Uh huh. Best way to start any day. I agree. <laughs> so please reach out to myself or reach out to Sarah if she can help you with your bang up resume and get that job that you've been thinking about in that specialty that we talked about on the show this season. I can't wait to hear all of your accomplishments. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful Christmas and Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's. Um, celebrate. Be with people. Be with family. Yes. Enjoy yourselves. And, and we will see you back here next year. Okay, everybody. See you next year. See you on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for watching. 